the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, Ron Geyer, back with End Time Insights. I appreciate you coming to listen. We're excited to teach you. We are anointed to teach you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We've been talking about the Word of God the last week. It was week number one on the Word of God. Like I told you, I had been teaching topical stuff. I've been teaching you about the Bible. As long as the Lord tells me to, I'm going to teach the Bible, the Word of God. I'm not going to teach you about the Word of God. I'm going to teach you the Word of God. Today, I'm going to teach you the Word of God and what it has to say about sin, seeing as how our society has chosen to remove sin from our vocabulary Not to talk about sin. The church has decided we're not going to talk about sin. The world beats you up. Why do we need to preach? Why do we need to add on and pile on and beat you up further by telling you about the gospel, about repentance, the fact that you would go to hell if you didn't repent for your sin and ask Jesus Christ into your life, except the death, burial, and sacrificial death that he did, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a sinner, and you need to repent for that sin and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to wash you in his precious blood. The God of love in the Bible talks about love nearly 500 times. You know, he's the God of love. God is love. And we get all gushy and talking about that. And we make it out to be something that it's not. We've counterfeited love. It talks about in the Bible, love. It mentions it 500 times. Not quite. I think it's like 476. But did you know that the same God speaks about sin over 1,000 times in the Bible? That's right. And it's so important, sin, you can't neglect sin. If there was no sin, there wouldn't be any Savior. But there is sin, and we do need the Savior. They go hand in hand. It's called the gospel of repentance. Man is a sinner. 1,000 times the Bible mentions sin. What are our preachers scared of? What is the problem? Once again, man thinks he knows more than God does. Matthew 1, 21. And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming and uh, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. I said it. There it is. Mankind is a sinner. I've not been struck by lightning. My wife still loves me. My friends still love me. Nothing's happened to me. I've still got my truck that runs. 
My house is still standing. My dog still breathes. I have not been struck down by saying man is a sinner. Pastors need to get that revelation and start preaching on that again in the Bible. You know, we neglect the step that man is a sinner. I just showed you over and over and over and over again, 1,000 times in the Bible. I just picked four and talks about man. Every man is a sinner. And yet I was reading the other day, somebody came, who is it? Uh, what's his name? He used to play football for the Texans. He was at a large church and he went and he preached. And I noticed this quote. I think it was David Carr. He was the first quarterback for the Houston Texans. Amen. So he was at a church and he was preaching and he made this statement. And it is, it read, Jesus saves us from ourselves. And I'm looking at that and that just grated wrong. I mean, Jesus saves us from ourselves. No. And then I went to the scriptures and Matthew one twenty one says it right there. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You are not saved from yourselves. That's false. That's new age. That's deviltry. You are saved. You're not even saved from hell. You are saved from your sin. Read it again. Matthew one twenty one. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sin. So that was the impetus why I chose to go ahead and look at this aspect of the word and just talking about sin. We need to reintroduce sin, not the act of sin, but the teaching on sin to our society. We need to do that from the pulpit. We need to call out sin. We need to identify sin. And then we need to let them know that their sin has been paid for. Don't get scared. The penalty for your sin has already been taken by the Lord Jesus Christ. Any hope America may have for a return to righteousness? Any hope of restoring law and order in our nation? Any hope of getting back with God as the center of our nation must begin with this truth. Mankind is a sinner. You get that. When we choose not to talk about that, that removes the urgency for man to get saved. You know, Jesus said, unless a man is born again. Basically, you must be born again. And if we do not allow the Holy Spirit of God to do his work, what's his work? To convict the sinner of sin and to confirm the truth, the word of God with signs and wonders and miracles following for the purpose of giving veracity, giving support to the fact that the gospel is true, that Jesus is the Messiah. When we remove that aspect of our preaching from the gospel, we leave mankind with no option no recourse for their sin because it is a truth. Man is a sinner. He must be saved from his sin. That is the gospel message. Mankind doesn't like to hear that truth. And even worse, the church doesn't like to tell that truth. It's a deadly combination and we are suffering greatly because of it. America doesn't have a Republican or a Democrat problem. We don't have a lawlessness problem. America is on the verge of destruction because we have a sin problem and we are no longer talking to our people about that sin problem. Understand, sin, it kills. The wages of sin is death beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it's the churches. God has assigned the church the task of letting the world know that A, they are sinners, and B, the price has been paid. So we can get that under the blood, get it fixed. You can get restored to a right relationship with God through what Jesus Christ has done. I don't see why we struggle with that. America is on the verge of destruction because we have not addressed the sin problem. Worse yet, the answer to the sin problem, Jesus and his gospel, it's been silenced changed, it's been altered, put away, and removed from our society. Jesus is no longer sought for or viewed as a solution to sin. 
we don't like talking about sin. We're trying to desperately remove not only the name of Jesus from our society and our culture and our vernacular, we don't talk about sin anymore because that would be disrespectful. That would be offensive. The apostasy is here. I get it. But gee, man, does the church have to roll over so easily? Not only does the world have a sin problem, I think the word has more than adequately identified the problem of sin, but the church has a sin problem as well. And it's no surprise that the saints are falling and failing and fearful. And that's what's being taught. How? By the behavior of our leaders, not just what they're saying or what they're not saying, but the behavior of the people we have in the pulpit is destroying the faith of the saints. It's a no surprise then that the saints are falling because we follow the leader. We follow our leaders. They set the tone. They tell us. They act like what we are supposed to be doing. They show us what they're doing. And, you know, we copy them. That's the human nature. Men are followers. I think it's only, was it, uh, 3% of people in America are business owners. The rest work for those people. Not that anybody's better than anybody else. That's just the nature of the way things have gone about. There are leaders, natural leaders. Actually, the scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, natural leaders. Leaders aren't born. They are made. Truth and love form a good leaders, according to Proverbs. Hallelujah. But basically, our leaders in the church, they're carnal. They are covetous. They are compromising truth. And more and more, on the most part, here in America, they become cowardly. And it's the same principle that Israel had. Jeremiah ten twenty one. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall now prosper and their flocks shall be scattered. They had not sought the Lord in Israel. They had become dull of hearing from God. They couldn't discern spirit from flesh. So the flocks were scattered. Today, there is zero unity in the church. Pastors are building their own brand. They're using worldly marketing techniques to build their own churches rather than letting God build his church. The message translation of that verse, Jeremiah ten twenty one, says it like this. They never ask God for counsel, and so nothing worked right. The people are scattered all over. The message says it all. It says, because our leaders are stupid, and unfortunately, we have a bunch of stupid people in pulpits today. And they're relying on the wisdom of man to build their church rather than the move of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, I'll build the church. You don't build it. I'll build it. You grow the saints. I'll grow the church. Jeremiah 23, verse 2. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Yes, you have scattered my flock. You have driven them away and you have not visited them. Behold, wow, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. So God was challenging the pastors in the Old Testament. That's what he called them, pastors, shepherds. It's synonymous. And they were doing the exact same thing that we're doing, or rather we're doing the exact same thing that they were doing. We were covetous. They were covetous. They had neglected to hear and obey the word of God. They had become brutish. They were stupid. Same place, our people in our pulpits, the people that we're following, they are false. They are not all of them, of course. There are some good ones. But they are not obeying God. They are doing their own thing. We have stolen the pulpit from the Spirit of God. It is nothing more than a platform for us to promote our carnal ideas. I see that happening. Jeremiah 23, verse 2, where it talks about that uh, they had scattered the flock. They had driven away, not visited them. And then God said, I'm going to visit upon you the evil of your doings. That's happening today in America. Famous preachers have removed him from the Gospels. That's one of the biggest things that just drives me up a wall. I can't believe it. Who do you think you are to change the Gospel? 
You think you can improve upon the gospel that Jesus taught, that John preached, that Paul and Peter preached? You can do a better job? You've got to be kidding me. What arrogance. You know, and it's demonic. It's the doctrine of devils not to talk about sin. So anyway, that's happening. And Galatians 1 said that the folks that are doing this, they're not blessed. They're cursed. And that's the evil of their doings. They have removed sin from the gospel. They have changed the word of God. And Galatians promises that they will be cursed and not blessed. I don't care who they are. And let me read it to you. Galatians 1, 7 and 8, which is not another gospel, but there be some that are troubling you and they would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let that person be accursed. And this is sin in the church. That's right. If your pastor is not talking about sin, he has changed the gospel. He has perverted God's word. And no, he is not blessed. I don't care how many cars or homes he's got. I don't care how good his hair looks. I don't care how pretty his wife is, how many children he has, beautiful kids. I don't care how many people follow him on Facebook or Twitter or show up at his church every day. The word of God says that he's cursed and not blessed. And you had better not be following folks like that. That's not just an Old Testament problem. It's even more prevalent in today's church. Talking about sin and the Word of God and what the Word of God has to say about sin. We're talking about sin in the pulpit. Acts twenty twenty nine. For I know this, that after my departing, Paul says, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Israel not only had this problem with the teachers and the preachers and the pastors, the church has it today also. Peter amplified Second Peter 2.14. These guys, they have eyes full of adultery. They are constantly looking for sin, enticing and luring away unstable souls. Having hearts trained in greed, they are children of a curse. These are the people we're following today, folks, and you've got to do a better job. Sin, you are held accountable. You've got to identify sin. We cannot be so callous to the lack of preaching of sin that it just rolls over us like uh, a stone because it will crush us. It will destroy us. The wages of sin is death. Sin in the pulpit is why we are where we are in America today. Jesus predicted a falling away from the truth. That's what the apostasy is. It is the perfect partner for mankind's plan to remove sin from our vocabulary. An unholy church leadership producing an unholy body of Christ leading to an unholy nation. Sin has destroyed us a people once before. Remember the flood? It destroyed us as a people and it's going to destroy us again also. All that's left for sure. Don't be God's not going to flood the earth next time. He's going to burn it and you don't want to be around. It's a deadly, deadly, deadly judgment, and it's because of sin, and the church is just fulfilling its role in these end times. We are silent on sin. You cannot be silent on sin. We owe the people of America the truth. Sin is killing them. It will destroy our nation. It will destroy them. It will wind up sentencing them to an eternity in hell. We must address sin in America. I see prophets all the time talking about Mr. Trump coming back. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to get rid of COVID. And they talk about America's going to be restored. Not true, man. If we do not call for repentance, if we do not identify the sin, we will be destroyed in a heartbeat. God did it to Israel. What makes us think we're special? You know, all that's left for me here as a preacher is a call to warn the saints. 
is to make sure that you who listen to me on the radio are free from the bondages of sin. In my Bible study, 20, 30, 40 people. On the radio, however many people listen. On my Facebook post, a couple hundred people read them. Fine. Those are the people I'm called to warning. That's my ministry. That's my church. That's who I minister to. But I must minister the truth about sin because sin, the greatest danger to America is not asteroid. It's not global warming. It's not even the Democrats. It is sin. We must identify it. We must call it out. We must show them there's deliverance from the bondage of sin and then lead them into repentance to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's right. I, you, we may not be able to do anything about correcting the church body on a grand scale, but we are responsible for our own lives and the lives of those within our sphere of influence. There are people in your lives that you are involved in. You owe them the truth. Jesus loves you, does not fix this problem. Ephesians 5, 3, but fornication and all uncleanliness, all covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. God's standard for tolerance of sin with his church body is zero. Not named once, that's zero. Let me give you a couple of verses that talk about sin, and maybe we can help you get free from the sin that so easily besets us. These are scriptures that I use in my own life to help me get free from the sin that was troubling me. And it's important that you take the word, you go to the word. Remember, today's lesson is what the word has to say about sin. The word one thousand times, over one thousand times, the Bible references sin. And it doesn't just identify sin and it doesn't just call you out. But like the scriptures I'm about to share with you now, it will help you get delivered from sin. Remember, Paul in Corinthians talking about the guy that was sleeping with his father's new wife. Paul, he didn't put up with it. He called him out and he kicked him out of church. And he got saved. He got delivered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then, of course, there's Ananias and Sapphira. They came into the church. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Understand the setting there. Jesus, he's building a church. This is a baby church. This is happening very early in the church life. And they were lying to the Holy Spirit. And God wanted to show the church, I'm not going to tolerate sin in my church. I'm not going to put up with you lying to the Holy Spirit of God. So he killed them. Plain and simple, he killed them. Sin kills, right? The Bible says the wages of sin has not been affected by inflation. The wages of sin is death. You can't get any worse than that. So I want to share with you a couple of scriptures. I love these scriptures. I live by these scriptures. They set me free. Hallelujah. The Bible says, it is written, the word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So Proverbs 16, 6, one of my favorites. I love it. I love it. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. By mercy and truth, sin is purged and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Let's break it down. What do you have to do to get mercy? How does somebody get mercy in the world today? Hmm? All you got to do is wake up and get out of bed. The Bible says his mercy is anew every morning, right? Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So we learn that you get free from sin, mercy and truth. Iniquity is purged. Mercy and truth. Mercy, go get some mercy. What do you got to do? Wake up. It's waiting for you. So you got mercy. What's left? Truth. You need truth. Mm, Where do you get truth from? Jesus said, I am truth. I am the way. The word of God is truth. You are sanctified by truth. So all you got to do basically, Ron's translation, this is how God dealt with me. He says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. He's telling me, Ron, get up, get out of bed and open your Bible. 
by mercy and truth. And that that two-step process purges iniquity, hard sin, practice sin, committed sin. Those two practices, getting up, waking up, receiving the mercy of God, and reading your Bible, purge sin out. And what's the product of that? By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. God not only uses mercy and truth to get you free from sin, but then he doesn't want you going back where the sin was hanging out. Through the fear of the Lord, that will be produced in you, right? You're going to learn about God, and you're going to receive his mercy. You're going to have a grateful heart, and you're going to get to know God intimately. And he said that will produce the fear of the Lord in you. And men, when they have the fear of the Lord, they depart from evil. Oh, What does that mean? Well, that means basically you're not going to go to the places where evil lurks. That's half the battle, just the mercy. You read the Bible, learn about the Bible, learn about God, and then whoosh, the sin problem is purged out of you, receive his mercy, his love, just receive it. It's that simple. Second part, read your Bible. I read my Bible every day. You must read the Bible today. I forget the number of the day is the number of the Psalm and the Proverbs that I read. And then there's other studies, of course. But here you know that. In living in America 2022, what does this look like? Mercy and truth. It means, like I said, Ryan, get out of bed, read your Bible. Whoever you are, get up out of bed and read your Bible in the morning. Hallelujah. Yes, by mercy and truth, sin is purged. And that produces in me the fear of the Lord, which causes me to depart from evil. Depart from evil. What does that look like? It causes me to separate myself from the places where evil lurks. That means if I've got a um, problem with pornography, it means it keeps me off the Internet. That means if I'm addicted to alcohol, it keeps me out of bars. That's what departing from evil means. And you've got the work of the Holy Spirit doing that to protect you. Get out of bed, read the Bible. That will create in you a healthy reverence for God, the fear or the dread, let's call it what it is, the dread of the Lord, and that will protect you from visiting evil. Learn the Word, then learn how to use the Word, then let the Word work in you and for you. That's why we have the Word. Here's another one, church. Psalm 119.9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to the word. The Amplified. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to your precepts. The word knows what sinful man needs. First, there was Jesus to set us free from the prison of sin. Then, once saved, there's a life process he has put in place to keep us free to watch over us because he knows we may still fall at times. I get that. We're not perfect. But I love this verse because it asks the question that so many of us need the answer to. How can we stay clean? How can we stay pure? How can we stay free from sin? And what's the answer? Taking heed to the word. Keeping watch over yourself through the word. I'm just not watching out for myself. I am allowing the word of God in me to watch out for me. You know, the Bible doesn't say God would ever watch over you. No, he doesn't. Well, I thought God watches over me. No, he doesn't. He watches over his word, and he watches over his word with a purpose to perform it. But there's a way where you can get God to watch over you, and it's very simple. You put God's word inside you. If God watches over his word and his word is inside you, then guess what? He's watching over you, right? Jesus said, if you would live in me and let my word live in you, you'll ask what you will, and I will do it for you. God is going to trust his kingdom with my will but is predicated upon me putting his word inside me. And that's the same way how you get God to watch over you. He's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I get that. But God personally watches over his word. Therefore, put his word inside you. Amen? 
What's the answer to having to keep pure, having to stay away from sin, having to cleanse your way? Putting the Word of God inside you. Look at the message. The message is always so good. And this is from Psalm 119, verse 9. By carefully reading the map of your Word, I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs that you've posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart, so I won't send myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. Well, I don't have time to develop this last verse that I want to talk about. It's Romans eleven twenty-one and 22, and Romans 2 and 4, where it talks about Israel. But let me pray for you. I'll start off with that scripture next week. I'm not done talking about sin. There's so much to talk about. I just want you to be encouraged. Find a church that is not ashamed of the gospel. Find a church that begins the gospel the way Jesus did by calling for repentance. Amen. Father God, I lift up my brothers and sisters. I thank you that they seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. All these things shall be added unto them. I thank you that they desire the sincere milk of the word that they would grow, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that you know them intimately, Father God, through their study of the word of God. I pray that you keep them, that you strengthen them, that you bless them, favor them, and protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.